Welcome to the Body Bag Podcast. And today, we are starting something new for Season 5. It is going to be me, one host, Broke Rider Dave, against my co-host, Chris Thomas. We've had little verses before, but this time there are actual stakes. Yes, yeah, so throughout the season, there's going to be five of these episodes. We're each going to pick a movie, and whichever movie gets the highest rating from us is going to win. So whoever gets best out of five. So there's technically we'll... ten there's technically gonna be ten movies being reviewed. Yeah. Five five between five episodes, ten yeah. movies, one winner. And that winner gets a special prize of having complete creative control of season six. I like that you gave it some stakes this time. Yeah, a reason behind it. And there's that means there's no complaining. Like if I if and when I win, it means I can subject dave to all the terrible movies it'll just be five straight episodes of all i still know what you did last summer we're just going to review it five times yeah uh yeah whether we uh torture each other or try to make a uh or just to yeah just get or just different. yeah or just be like hey i think you deserve a little treat you i'm gonna have you yeah. watch this good movie yeah but, but there are some stakes but how this is going to work is well beforehand we spun a wheel and we for this one, we got holiday movies. So we're going to review one movie, and then we're each going to score it. And then the average of the two scores is going to be the score for that movie. Then move on to movie two, light review, score it. And the average of our two scores is going to be a score for that movie. And I think and that... higher score movie wins. I think that we've been doing this for a couple of years now that we can trust each other to be, you know, honest with our scores like i'm not gonna sit here and the one that he gave me i'm gonna be like zeros all around because i want him to have a terrible score we're doing an honor system and you know we're, we're becoming better film critics so we have that some integrity in our filming critiquing so i will say that when we first started we probably had a little bit of like well we need to either follow the grain or we have to like either go against the grain instead of just being honest with our thoughts yeah you know, we've come into our own of being like, hey, look, I'll be honest with you. I like I either like this movie and everybody else doesn't or I don't like this movie or or I'm part of the crowd and I do like it. If And everybody else does. It's just I'm like one of the few that like the movie, like Halloween five is get shit on all the time. And I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Even though filming in that movie is a dumpster fire. But if we ever review that movie, I'll get into that. But yeah, we have we've we've, we've shared our guilty pleasures like the yeah. 2000 was a nine black christmas is a bad movie but i still like it yeah we enjoy the hell out of that movie i mean anything was going to be 2019's black christmas so. oh definitely but uh as dave said before we spun the wheel and we determined that for this it's going to be uh five different episodes five different genres and the first one is holiday horror we contemplated and now these have to be movies that neither of us have seen is that right uh, or, like, I recommend one that you haven't seen? Or... No, it just hasn't... They can't be any movies that we have previously... Reviewed. You know, on the podcast. All right, so uh, Dave gave me Happy Death Day, which is about birthdays, but I'll allow it. You know, holiday. Birth- yeah, and you gave me Violent Night. Re- recent movie. Both of these are yeah. uh, more recent movies, which we do recent movies, too. It's not yeah. just movies that were made in the 90s and early 2000s. Well, I think Happy Death Day was... Uh... Either 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2018. Yeah. All right. So who who do you think who do you want to get kicked off first? 
Uh, let's start off with Violent Night. All right. So Violent Night was my pick for you. And, uh, yeah. y- you know, if I, <laughs> I think my default was going to be Trick or Treat if we hadn't have uh, reviewed it already. Yeah. But this one yeah. I, I was happy with. It was a it was a pleasant surprise for me. But you, it was the first time you watched it. Yeah, uh, I didn't see it, you know, this past Christmas season when it came out. So just watching it now in the middle of June. And I got to say, it it's a fun, fun Christmas movie. I've heard it been compared as like Die Hard, but more Christmassy. I could see that. Yeah. It has that same kind of feel. Uh, and Die Hard takes place at Christmas, too. Yeah. Basically, Violet Night, you have Santa Claus down on his luck. Kind of just over the whole just, commercialization of Christmas. He is just over. He's at a bar. He's drinking. He's just like... Yeah, he's not on the same level as like Billy Bob Thornton and Bad Santa, but you—he's slowly getting there. He's getting there, and you know he's delivering gifts. Gets to this one big manor of the rich. Was it Lightscope family? Uh, I think so. I have to relook at that. Yeah, Lightscope or Light Hope, something like that. Just basically, they're like the Gates family, super super wealthy family, and not really that likable. No, and while Santa's there. This house gets raided with a bunch of people. By the pest himself, John Leguizamo. Yeah. I could never think of his name, but I always enjoy his acting. Oh, John? Yeah. he He's one of those actors where I don't know how I'll never remember him, but as soon as I see him on screen, I get excited. Oh, I've seen him in plenty of things. I could, yeah, like, he's in a bunch off. of things, yeah. and uh, Oh, and uh, Santa Claus is played by David Harbour. Yeah. Who's getting a lot of popularity as of late, which is good with me. Yeah. Having a resurgence thanks to uh, Stranger Things. And uh, just a quick little side shout out, uh, since we're talking about horror movies and David Harbour is in this one. I just saw a movie with him two weeks ago called We Have a Ghost, in which he plays a ghost in that movie, which I thought he was really good in that. Just a little shout out to David Harbour. That's on Netflix, right? That's on Netflix. Yeah. I I was looking for like uh, Happy Death Day last night. I saw... Oh, I tried to see if it was on Netflix. I saw that one. I was like, looks pretty good. I might have to watch it. Well, once you watch it, you can read my shout out or my uh, review of it on Insta. Yeah. So when this family starts getting robbed, Santa Claus tries to leave with his magic. But oh, yeah, he was very much a coward. <laughs> he just doesn't quite have the Christmas magic. It's not quite there. Plus, he's like half drunk. Yeah. So as he's trying to escape, one of the guys catches him and they ensues into a fight and the guy shoots through the roof which causes the reindeer to take off so So now santa's stuck santa is stuck in a mansion with a bunch of people trying to raid and rob the house with guns and all sorts of business yeah and now santa is kind of sort of choosing to fight back and he finds a radio he's trying to scan the channels to get to the police radio but he gets to the radio frequency which has the little girl who got a radio earlier in the day, and her dad was like, it's a direct line to Santa, just kind of. Now, w- yeah. now, is it because, did he forget a gift, or is it that he just thought it was a cute gift to give his daughter? Uh, it was because his daughter was sad because she didn't get a chance to write Santa a letter to tell him what, ah, he, yeah, that's right. tell what he wanted. So he, he found his old little walkie-talkie mm-hmm. with the headset. He's like, here you go, it's a direct line to Santa. Painting this dude out to be like, oh, well, he's at least sweet to his kid. Makes a bunch of wrong turns, but ultimately his moral, the dad of of this little girl, his moral compass is he just wants to get his family back together. But he's kind of a, 
He's a selfish character as well, but yeah, they're all. Oh, yeah, they're all, everybody. The whole in... family's terrible except for the, what is his name? The dad of the little girl. I don't know. We might need yeah. to. We might if you want. Like, give yeah. it a second for this. Let's just bring up the cast list for a second so we can. Yeah. Just know the names. Okay, the so his name is Jason. Okay. He's the dad of the family, and you could tell the dad and the mother, Linda, they're separated. But Linda's still willing to bring their daughter to Jason's mother's house for Christmas to kind of make it seem like they're... Keep up appearances uh, of... You uh, keep up appearances, like... Uh, like there's not really... like the, the, the child is very much, like, the only thing keeping these two civil kind of thing. Like Yeah, and you could tell, like, Jason's mother... Which is, I like, loved his mother, in all honesty. Yeah, is the matriarch of the entire family. She kind of runs the show... And everybody and wants money from her. Yeah, super wealthy. And that's why they're there, because evidently Jason's mother, Gertrude, she stole $300 million from the U.S. government and mm-hmm. hid it in her vault. And John Lug- what? Le- John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. He doesn't have a name in the movie. He just calls himself Scrooge. Which I love. Yeah, that's great. You know, he's been scouting this family for... A really long time. You can tell he knows what he's doing. So he knows she has the money. And that's why they're there. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to compare this family to something, uh, to a different family, they're very much like the family from Knives Out. Yes. Except for the head matriarch, which would have been the patriarch in the yeah, Knives Out movie, out. who's actually likable. But nobody's really likable, as except for the little girl in, uh, in yes. this household. This family is very generational wealth. Yeah, yeah. old old money. Like they're yeah, their mom. Even Gertrude money. talked about like growing up, she had money and she had to take the business from her father. So yeah, it's a very cutthroat family. Yeah, like Succession. I've seen a couple episodes, but yeah. So that's what we're pretty much dealing with, and now Santa is basically stuck in the mansion with the unlikable family, the little girl who's basically is the only person he's kind of keeping in touch with. He's, he's very yeah. much like the police officer in Die Hard where they're communicating via radio. Yeah. Just his one little lifeline of like kind of hope as he's, because he does not want to be there. Santa does not want to be there at all. He is miserable. <laughs> no. But as it goes on and he starts fighting more, he starts finding a little bit more of his Christmas spirit. And I also give some unexpected lore to Santa Claus. I loved that. Uh, yeah, he used to be a uh, a Viking. Viking. Yeah, I, he he says, yeah, I used to be an awful person. Like I used to pillage, raid. I I was greedy. I just want to kill people and steal money. And he has like his own like warhammer that he like would w- take into battle with him. Yeah. And, and uh, so a different take on Santa, but I'm here for it. Yeah, and then yeah, he just basically starts going around killing everybody. He gets his courage up, and then he starts. Yeah, he he takes starts taking out the 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 bad guys. And then the bad guys actually get into the vault, find out the money's gone. Found out Jason already stole the money from his mother, and his mom weirdly respects it. Yeah, she was like, you know, I had to steal the company from your grandfather, so because get on you, yeah. Now Jason, everybody is kind of also like. I don't know where he is in terms of, like, the siblings, like, if he's the youngest sibling or if he's, like, the middle or whatever. Well, there's only two siblings. It's him and his sister. Oh, I thought there was, I thought there was a, I thought he had, like, one, uh, two siblings. No, it's him and then his sister mm-hmm. and then his sister's husband, mm-hmm. who's, like, that failed, like, action hero actor. Yeah. 
And they very much like they kind of treat Jason like he's a afterthought when he's there. Yeah, like and Jason's whole thing was that he had stolen the money from his mother and he left a gift for her that she was supposed to open after he left. Which on Christmas morning to say, hey, stole the money. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> See you later. I'm out. And through some circumstances, she ends up opening the gift. It's uh, yeah. it, it was one of those little instances where the uh, bad guys are like, given that speech, we would always open up one present every yeah. year. You know, that yeah. whole speech. Uh, and then mom opens it up and she's like, she smiles when she reads the note. Yeah. Like she, she respects the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. But like Jason's sister, she's your stereotypical socialite married to an actor. Her son is like, he's like, uh influencer that kind of basically got everything through his family name kind of like um what maybe like chet hanks chet hanks is a good uh yeah example like very much coasting on the name yeah and uh but he he's an influencer much he's the kind of influencer that when i hear about reboots and and stuff like that I dread because I don't want to see like movies from like the seventies and eighties be brought into this era of influencers. That's the kind of influencers I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Jason who he seems kind of like a normal person for most of this movie. Yeah. Until we find out later that he he stole the money. And then you have his wife, Linda, who she just wants nothing to do with this family at all. She doesn't want to be here. Yeah. Like the sister's like, you're a gold digger. She's like, no, I'm an engineer. Like she, she had I to be, make money. I don't need to be ultra wealthy like you guys. She had to be basically begged to come to this yeah. function, and it did it just for her daughter's sake. If if it more basically, anything. yeah. Uh, which the daughter, in my opinion, good child actor. Yeah, uh, she actually contributes to in in one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie. She home alone's him. She home alones these, and and she does assassins, it. Yeah, she she does it, and you think that oh how cute, yeah. She, and then it just and it works, to, and it just is the it's funniest deadly, thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is the funniest thing. See, I always love when like a throw line, a throwaway line pays off in the movie because in the very beginning she's like, "Yeah, Deb, let me watch Home Alone for the first time last night." Yeah, and it does sounds like a throwaway line, like oh that's cute, it's a Christmas thing, mm-hmm. like, yeah. But there's like, Christmas movie, okay, yeah, and then she gets set up home alone like traps. It's turns out it works, and apparently they would be way more gruesome than <laughs> than you would than think. Home Alone pointed out, yeah. Like this is the kind of like if they were to do another Home Alone movie, this is how they need to do it. Where like, no, you would be if you made it alive, you would be horribly maimed after yeah going through this. But, but um, yeah, go on. Yeah, and. That's basically the movie. At the end, they decide to burn some of the stolen money to keep Santa warm, so he could uh, come back alive. Yeah, Santa gets uh, hurt, and like you know, there's a chase that ensues because it's this comp uh, this property is an estate, so it's there's a it's huge, yeah. It's on a bunch of land, so it's like surrounded like forest area and stuff like that. So at some point, there's a chase, and you know, using. Uh, j- uh, jet uh, jet skis or whatever, yeah, snowmobiles rather, and uh, and Santa gets shot a bunch of times, and then the mother of the family kills the final guy because he's like, oh, I killed Santa, I'm about to get away with this money. She's like, no, bang, shoots him in the head, he's dead, and they're like, oh no, Santa's dying, but Actually, not if we believe in him. And then the whole family goes around saying they believe, and he comes Santa- back alive. Yeah, and Santa's okay. Yeah, but no, John, uh, you talk about the final guy, John Leguizamo. No, 
after he kills John Leguizamo okay. is when Shannon gets lit up and then yeah I'm not gonna say how John Leguizamo get uh, his fate but I'll say it <laughs> well how about we go into our favorite kill of the movie now John, okay go ahead I mean Oh, wait, by the way, a shout, a shout out because Mrs. Claus gets a little shout out in the thing. Yeah. We never see Mrs. Claus, but uh, Santa gets his magic sack a little bit later. Man. And uh, it was a little a, note that said, I think you'd need this, and Mrs. Was, C. Yeah. And it was his war hammer. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was like, Mrs. Claus is a ride or die. Uh, right. Uh, so uh, my kill of the movie. Yeah. I'm going to go with a rollerblade uh, decapitation. You Solid. like a nice. You like a good I decapitation. love a good decapitation, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think because there was two or three people who got it in the Home Alone traps. Yeah, I'm. Ooh, I gotta give it to the guy who like fell onto those thing of nails, so you know yeah. he, he got those nails right up his oh all butt. over his face. Yeah, uh, that dude. It's a nameless henchman, but he gets it a couple of times via the Home Alone trap. Yeah. So, so he the, did not go out easy. <laughs> no, the home loan traps fucked him up. And, like, he finally dies because he pulls a nail out of his mouth and he's just staring at it. Yeah. Holding it up, observing in the sky. And then a bowling ball comes out of the, from the attic. From a different trap, hit the diff, a different trenchman just nail, hits the nail perfectly, goes straight into his skull. The funny thing about these home alone traps is that they work, but not in the way that they were intended. Yeah. Like that nail was obviously supposed to be because she saw Home Alone supposed to go through his foot or something. Like yeah. he, he was supposed to climb the ladder, but no, he ended up accidentally tripping and it going through it. So the fact that yeah, she didn't expect the step to break and for him to fall jaw first onto this nail. I think that scene alone was worth my price of admission. Just yeah. that that ten minute scene of the Home Alone, her setting it up, and then that whole sequence was just hilarious. To yeah, me. I mean this movie delivers. I want it promises. It's a violent night. Oh, uh, before we kind of score this, yeah. What did you think as of David Harbor as Santa? So this is actually going to be a good thing in like both movies in this episode. I think he had a really good uh, redemption arc in this movie. Yes, I was going to say that too, but because both these movies do have a redemption arc. Yeah, and they're done fairly well. Yes, Santa's is yeah. is most definitely that he gets his. Um, Christmas spirit back. He gets his spirit, Christmas spirit back, and he kind of lost hope in humanity. Yeah. And this weirdly kind of like his interactions with the little girl, like kind of yeah. reminded him of what he's doing is for. There's still some good people out there. Yeah. So you like David Harbour as Santa? Oh, yeah. I like David Harbour in most things he does. So, yeah. He usually he's the best part in a lot of the stuff that he plays in. Yeah. All right. So, how about scores then? All right. So, I'll let you give your yeah. whole score first, and then I'll tell you mine. So we got technicals, enjoyment, and story. Yeah. All right, so technicals, I think, you know, there's a good mix of, like, practical and CGI effects. It's shot fairly well, and probably going to go, I'd say, seven. Okay. And then enjoyment, I feel like I would enjoy this more during Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, you did watch it. In the middle of June, so. And it is, it was a lot of... Because I saw it in the theater, so there was an energy that I also got when I saw it in the theater, too, around Christmas time. I'm probably going to go about a seven. That's fine. This is a solid movie you could put on and watch in the background year-round, evidently, so it's probably better during Christmas, yeah. It's going to be my new uh, Christmas movie to watch every year. I'm definitely going to have this on rotation during Christmas time now. And then Story. It's probably about a... Give it about a six. I was going to say it's going to be sevens all around. Uh, no, I'd say a six. I mean, 
It's a solid story. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. too out there or too. A little bit nothing. of Die Hard, a little yeah. bit of Knives Out, a little bit of Home Alone. Yeah, it's a fun little story. Nothing amazing, but it wasn't bad by any means. So, so I feel like a six is a solid score. So that's a total of twenty out of thirty for me. What are your scores? Well, mine, uh, it might be sevens all around for me. For for me, when I think of this movie, I think a solid seven. So uh, I can't think of anything higher or lower that I would place it. So you gave it seven, seven, six. I think mine would be seven, seven, seven. Uh, All right. It's it's like, it's not the best Christmas movie out there, but I really had fun watching it. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be on my rotation every Christmas time. In fact, it's because uh, I think it came out within a month or two. My new holiday thing is going to be that and Renfield. Yeah. Technicals, like I said, about a seven two. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything uh, super special. Usually sevens for me is like something is done competently and I enjoyed it. it wasn't too you know it didn't have something overly ambitious. It wasn't anything inept or. Uh, underwhelming it's like kind of right there between average and fantastic all right and uh the story much like you said story is easy to follow yeah so seven like i said seven's all around for me so all right so total 21 so violet knight gets 20.5 20.5 definitely a fun uh watch around the holidays yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, I definitely recommend checking out that movie. Now it's time to move on to movie number two. Happy uh, Death Day. Now, yeah. I know that you didn't intend for this to happen, but tomorrow is my birthday. I completely forgot about that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I saw this for the first time today, uh, and it's the day before my birthday. And I couldn't think, well, I couldn't think of anything more horrific than having to repeat my birthday over and over and over. Cause over it's, and over, yeah. Because it's like my least favorite day of the year. Yeah, so a uh, quick synopsis. Every day, Tree wakes up on her birthday, which, like Chris, is her least favorite day. And yeah. it ends with her being murdered, and she wakes up and has to relive the day. It's basically Groundhog's Day, but with uh, a with horror murder. Yeah. Yes. Which, I have to look... Is this PG-13? I have no idea. I would be surprised if it wasn't because there's not really any gore in this. There's no gore. No gore. There, there's um, no, uh, I think she says fuck once. And I think PG-13, you're allowed one fuck. Yeah, so I'm fairly certain. I'm looking this up right now because I'm fairly yeah. certain that this was a PG-13 movie. PG-13. Is right. it PG-13? It is PG-13, which I will say this, because uh, the last one, the last movie review that I recommended was 1408, which was also a PG-13 movie. This is going to go into the category of, all right, this is a good PG-13 horror movie. Yes, this is what you want out of a PG-13 horror. They, you don't have, this is how you compensate for not having a lot of blood and gore in a horror movie. Uh, it was still very entertaining. And so essentially, yeah. uh, so, uh, so since you gave the thing for Violet, I essentially, hmm. her name is Teresa. She wakes up, it's her birthday, and she is no easy way to put this, but she's a total bitch. Like she complete is, bitch. She's your stereotypical sorority, yes, college bitch. Like you can tell she just. The boot and now, to everybody, yeah. And this ain't me being misogynistic or saying that anything. Like they go out of their way to make sure that you know that this is a very unlikable person at the very yeah. beginning. 
she she's very much like sleeps with whoever she wants. Doesn't matter if they're married or taken or anything like that. Just yeah. uh, puts down her fellow sorority sisters. Is just generally rude to everybody. Yeah, she's sleeping with her professor who's married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so which for a movie like this. You, you kind of need, because much like with Groundhog yeah. Day, you start off with a unlikable character so you, that you can have an arc at the end. Yes. And throughout, so you see her typical day. She wakes up in some strange person's dorm room that you can tell she doesn't really remember. She was drunk the yeah. night before, ends up in his bedroom. Yeah. Um, she ends up in Carter's bedroom. Yes, Carter. Who's kind of like the side character helping her out through this. Carter's like your stereotypical good guy stereotypical good guy he he's there to help her out he's he's like nervous like she's she goes and like changes in front of him and he like turns around and yeah. so like, you know, he's 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 a nice guy he's like in the physics department of the college so yeah so it's very much the kind of guy who she wouldn't normally fraternize with yeah so we see her throughout her day she she goes to class. She goes to her sorority house. You see her being rude to people. You see that she's having an affair with one of her teachers. She goes back to her, or she, uh, she's uh, dodging calls from her dad because yeah, yeah. she's it's her birthday and she's basically flaking on him for her birthday dinner or lunch yeah. or whatever. Well, she shares a birthday with her mother who died. Yeah, I was gonna get so she that. yeah she just doesn't want to deal with her family at all. Her dad, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You find that out a little bit later. Yeah, right? she just doesn't care about other people's feelings at this point in the movie yes so uh she is leaving she's leaving one of the parties i think and then she uh she goes through and she kind of goes off by herself uh through this tunnel which why would you ever go through in a uh a tunnel by yourself in the middle of the night with uh, a music box playing in the middle of it that's just that's just some that's some pennywise shit <laughs> like, that was so that's creepy i'm like oh i don't like that no and uh she basically gets attacked by this masked person wearing like a baby face mask. It's I think it's the, the college the, mascot. What are yeah. your thoughts on the mask? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it. I yeah. There's something like creepy about it. Exactly. Like it's a baby it face. Rem- it does kind of reminds me of the movie Valentine. Uh huh. Which I saw as real young. Like alone. And the mask from that movie was the first movie that like gave me nightmares. Uh-huh. And it kind of reminds me of that. So I'm like. I like it. So, yeah. Uh, creepy baby face mask. And she basically gets uh, stalked and then chased and stabbed to death. Wakes up. It's the same day again. It's the yeah. day that she just had starting the exact same way again. And it pretty much goes from there how you would think for the first couple times. she At first, she doesn't really believe it. She thinks she's going crazy. She gets killed again mm-hmm. later on and starts over again. She thinks she's losing her mind. She's trying to figure, you know. The movie is her trying to figure out who is Who's killing, killing her, her. Yeah. and why, which means she has to die a couple of times. But in a different way that I don't think has been done before, she actually comes back weaker every time she dies. Yeah, like how she dies, she still kind of has those injuries. Yeah, so like one time she she gets drowned and she wakes up like kind of throwing up water. Yeah. And uh, one time she like gets her neck snapped or her she gets hung and her neck is kind of stiff the next morning. Oh, I thought that was a cool scene. When she doesn't get hung, she hangs herself. Yeah, I was trying to, like, not... Yeah, but, yeah, we'll get into that. But, yeah, she'll crack her neck, yeah. And and throughout, the only th- person she can really talk to is Carter. 
Carter's like the only one who's actually listening to it. Like he doesn't just dismiss, well, kind of at first, but mostly how you would normally do if you heard something like yeah. that. But he sits and he helps her out. Again, nice guy. Now, yeah. as they're doing this, I'm thinking, all right, this guy is so nice. He's obviously got to be the killer. Because <laughs> uh, that, that's what my thought was. I was like, all right, this guy, because a lot of movies do that. Like it's always yeah. the, the nice guy. Which Throw the curveball, yeah. Which this movie's 2018, so this movie's like five or six years old. So I, I yeah. don't care about spoilers, I guess. Yeah. But no, he's a nice guy. He turns out not to be the killer. Yeah. And in fact, you, you can slowly start seeing her and him kind of get closer and closer. Yeah. Like you find out that she woke up in his bedroom in, in each of these scenarios. So she's thinking, oh, I was drunk at they the party. They slept together, yeah. But he's like, no, I slept on the other bed uh, and I, yeah. I just brought you home. Uh, so yes, solid, nice guy, which I'm glad that a movie gave us a nice guy who was just a nice guy. Yeah. So through process of elimination which there's a lot of people who she can think would want her dead. She's pissed off a lot of people in her life. Yeah, and then they throw in a big red herring of, at like the university hospital is a serial killer who was, who murdered college girls. Which, he, is that standard procedure if you're going to like treat, uh, uh, bring them to a, 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 a college hospital? Like, Well, there are a lot of university hospitals that like specialize in certain surgeries and stuff. Yeah. So if you like needed like something very specific, I guess you could get by that. I just thought it was very yeah. funny. Like this guy who is notorious for killing uh, sorority girls, we're going to bring him to this campus uh, hospital surrounded yeah. by sorority, <laughs> sorority girls. girls. Yeah. yeah. So she gets to the point where she thinks it's him. She's crossed all her other suspects off the list, except for the serial killer. Which she's been getting glimpses of, like, throughout the movie you see on the news, there's this news of the guy at the hospital that yeah. her, a friend of, uh, a fellow sorority sister of hers works at, and I think also the doctor who she's been having an affair with. Yeah, her professor also works at the hospital, yeah. So... She's been seeing kind of like news about uh, this guy being there. So she kind of puts it in her head. Oh, this guy who's been killing these, this must be the guy who's killing, like yeah. killing me. Um, so at one point she does get the upper hand on him uh, and kills him at one point. Yeah. At, at this point, uh, Carter, at this point, she's told Carter a couple of times throughout the resets that yeah. uh, this has been happening to her. And then even one of them, he tries to like save her life, but dies in the process. Yeah. So she kills herself. So, so she, so Carter doesn't die. Yeah. So it would reset. So she eventually kills, uh, gets the upper hand, kills the bad guy. Uh, she celebrates, thinking that it's all over. And then uh, Carter and her are celebrating, and it's either his or her dorm. Other uh, uh, in her uh, sorority bedroom. Yeah. Where she, she eats the cupcake that her roommate made for her for her birthday. Yeah, that uh, that she always keeps throwing away because she's a rude person. Like she, yeah, she's always giving her this like happy birthday, and then she like throws it in the garbage. Yeah, and uh, they're celebrating like, oh, it's just finally over. She uh, blows out the candle, eats the cupcake, goes to sleep. Wouldn't you know it? <laughs> she she wakes up again, mm. and it still happened. Yeah, and, and she's freaking out, and she goes back to her sorority room. She's like, I'm just leaving town now. I'm I'm done with this. And as she's packing, you know. She, her roommate talked to her. She's like, "Hey, it's a cupcake. Died sure. in my sleep." Yeah, she she puts it together that this cupcake that she had eaten 
was po- was basically poisoned. So the person responsible for all of this was her, basically her roommate. Her roommate, yeah. And why is her roommate trying to kill her? Because she's jealous of, of the guy she's been having an affair with, basically, right? Yeah, she loves the professor. She wants the... She's mad that the professor chose tree over her. Yeah. Uh, fight ensues, and a bad girl gets tossed out the window, basically. Yeah, yeah. Tree jumps up, swings on the chandelier, kicks her out the window. Kicks her out the window, and I, I love to see the little the sorority sisters just sitting outside enjoying her day, and boom, body splash right in front of her. Yeah, and that's essentially uh, like that's essentially kind of wraps it up. Uh, yeah. Carter and her now you can are they're going to be going steady. Yeah, uh, she kind of improved her relationship with her father, who they yeah. always had like a tension going on because of her birthday being the same day as her yeah, mom's yeah and she she's just, just overall a better person yes and throughout the thing she slowly is trying to start she goes from being bitchy to just being kind of kind of being like how everybody would be if they died a couple of times just being like you know i don't care just, yeah just, just whatever yeah now uh, she's like more thoughtful of other people's emotions and feelings yeah, she she gets she has this conversation with Carter about how if her mom was still alive, she would she wouldn't like the kind of person that her daughters become. Yeah. Now, I think her, Jessica Roth did a pretty good job in this role. Yes, she she goes from playing unlikable to she had good range in this. I will say she turned into a pretty likable character, even to the point where she was willing to kill herself to reset the timeline just so Carter wouldn't die. Yeah. So plus she. Looks a lot like Blake Lively. Uh, I have to see them both uh, together, but she definitely looked familiar. Familiar, but yeah, I, I you know she, yeah. I grew to kind of like her. So yeah. Now uh, we'll go into kills, okay. and there's actually plenty of kills. To, uh, there's not a lot of blood. I mean, say for a couple of scratches here and there, a couple yeah. of squibs at one point. But this isn't a gory movie. It's a uh-huh. is this listed as a horror comedy? Because there is humor in it. It might be. I think it should be. If anything, it would probably be listed as a horror thriller, but there is comedy in it. Yeah. Um, it does play this the storyline very light. Yes. And, you know, once she starts getting killed, you know, she starts kind of expecting it. Like, all right, it's got to happen now. So what of the kills uh, do I like? <laughs> what was say, your favorite kill of this movie? Uh, I'm going to say the explosion scene. Uh, yeah, that one too. Yeah. At one point, she intentionally gets herself arrested by the cops thinking all right if i get arrested by the cops then i'll be put in a jail cell i'll be away from whoever is trying to like attack me cop gets run over uh, as he puts her in the back seat of the car and then the uh the car that hits him kind of scrapes along the uh, side of the car which kind of busts yeah. the uh gas tank and then uh baby face takes a lit candle yeah. blows her up the look on her face was just basically well this might as well happen yeah <laughs> just, I've, I've died every other way. This might as well happen. And she makes use of the one fuck per movie that you're allowed in PG-13s. Yeah. Uh, you get your one F-bomb. I would have to go with when she's hit with the baseball bat. I just think I just love the shot of her getting hit with the baseball bat. And as she's falling. The guy's transition. That transitions basically back to being in the bed. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a nice transition. Yeah. Uh, so scores, I guess, right? All right, scores. What are your scores for this movie? Scores for me, I'm actually, for technicals, I'm going to give this one an 8. I thought the technicals on this one were better than Violent Night. Okay. Which is good because, again, you have to make up for your lack of blood and gore. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but so it had actually some pretty nice looking scenes. Yeah. Uh, played around with the lighting because the lighting pl- plays a part in this at one point. Uh, yeah. because every day at a certain time, for some reason, like uh, there's a power outage that goes out, and she uses that to her advantage at one point. It's funny because that's actually explained in the sequel. Oh yeah, I, which I would like to see the sequel. You, it's pretty good. They explain the entire time loop and everything. All right. Well, that's good. I might actually watch it after this then. After yeah. Because because uh, I was like, how are they going to do a sec- a sequel to this? Oh, that must be the reason why. Because <laughs> all right, I'll say this. I was expecting this one scene that I keep seeing pop up. Like whenever I'm on, I see a meme or on TikTok, it's where she walks by this guy who's been like trying to like, he's like, you haven't been returning my text. And he goes, you are gay. <laughs> I'm guessing that's in the sequel because I thought it. I thought it was in this one. Well, actually, no. That scene's kind of in this movie. It's that one no, guy. Th- there's a specific scene though where she like comes up to the dude and and he's like, "Hey, you haven't returned my phone." And she just looks at him and goes, "You are gay." Uh, it's a small scene, yeah. and I keep thinking. I, I, I was like waiting for that scene to come up because I always thought that was funny. I always saw it out of context, but that must be in the sequel if the sequel's with the same person. Hmm. Yeah, it's the same people in the sequel. All right, so I, I'll all right, so I'll I'll text you if if that's what I'm thinking yeah. when I see. Uh, so technicals, I'm gonna give an eight. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought they made up for the uh, blood and gore with some nice uh, camera work. Uh, the uh, uh, you hear the creepy rendition of uh, "Happy Birthday to You" with the uh, the creepy music box. Yeah. And like I said, even they use the lighting to their advantage. So. Uh, story. I don't know. There, there's a couple things that. Well, a, I, I didn't really like the reveal of uh, who it was. <clears throat> the uh, being the uh, now that might be more enjoyment, but the story itself, I'm gonna give a seven. Okay. Story itself was seven. It was, it was. You got your redemption arc, which was good. You know, you yeah. see her unlikable. You don't like her, and yeah. then you grow to see her. You see the reason why she is how she is. And she slowly starts to become a better person. So yeah. I'm going to say that that's a, a seven. Nice, you know, it was it was yeah. an okay story. And I do love movies that play around with time. So, yeah. uh, like, I love Groundhog's Day. Yeah. So. And I was waiting for them to drop the name Groundhog's Day, which they were they hesitated to do that until the very end, which I thought was good. I was yeah. like, all right. Because uh, that's the obvious thing to compare it to. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And enjoyment, I'm, I'm going to say seven again. I'm gonna say seven okay. again. So, this one actually uh, for me is probably like one point higher than Violent Night in terms of I thought it had better yeah. better camera work, uh, but I enjoyed it about the same, and uh, I thought the story was about the same. Okay, so, so twenty two out of thirty from you. Yeah. All right. So for me, and the technicals, yeah, I probably feel about it's good. I'd probably still give it a seven. Oh, a little transition shot. It, there's something that blew me away too much but i thought i had a little bit more creative shots than uh violent night did though yeah and then story i'd probably give it a seven but there's one thing that irritates me about the story is it's shown she doesn't like to celebrate her birthday yes but her fucking ringtone is hey it's my birthday oh it got changed uh, they mentioned that that it was uh her roommate that changed it did they uh, i was yeah, yeah. She, she mentioned that it was like the first day that uh it was her roommate that uh changed her ringtone okay yeah 
See, I didn't catch that part. I'm like, yeah, she was like, she, uh, she, yeah, because she brought her the cupcake and everything like that. So I, she also mentioned that it was her, yeah, the roommate, the one who did the whole thing. It was, yeah, her kind of fucking with her. Basically, it was kind of like yeah. a, probably like her being like, ha ha ha. She doesn't know I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna even put happy birthday as a ringtone. Yeah. So, but stories. It's a good story. It's a good story. I would and say, it, that one even thing with I would... the time loop, it doesn't get too convoluted. So no, uh, yeah. and they don't. There's a nice little montage with uh, with her dying and stuff like that, which is pretty entertaining. Which while she's trying to like yeah. narrow down the suspect list, but it's not overly overly. I think they said that she died about like sixteen times. Yeah, sixteen times. I think it was. But you don't see every single time. I don't think. No. Um, no, but you know something with the time loop. You do gotta have the time loop montage in it. Yeah, I will and say, then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then enjoyment. I'd probably seven. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah. Definitely a movie you could, you know, put on and enjoy it anytime. So so seven is <laughs> across the board for me, so seven across the boards and seven, seven, and eight with me. Yeah, so so its soul score is a twenty one point five. So one exactly one point higher than Violent Night. Yeah, just beating out Violent Night. By Close one battle, point. one point, yes. Yeah, because when I was watching this, I was like, you know what? I kind of got the same amount of enjoyment wa- uh, watching this that I did Violent Night. Yeah. They're they're both, one's super bloody, one isn't. One has a little bit better uh, technicals, one's uh, pretty okay. But they both yeah. have both have redemption arcs, so they were weirdly very similar movies, weirdly. Yeah. All right. So a good way to so uh, Dave, you take the lead, uh, starting us off in this versus battle. Do you have your wheel up and ready to go to see what our next subgenre is? I do have the wheel. I got it right here. Let me just turn on the. Uh, let me just turn it up a little bit so we can hear it. All right. So we are spinning now to see what our next genre pick is for our verses. Post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. Okay. We do have some options here. Okay, post-apocalyptic. Okay. 28 weeks later. Fuck, I was about to say <laughs> I was about yes. to say that one. I was I was just about to say I was like, zombies, zombies, zombies. Oh, 28 <laughs> I was either gonna do 28 days or 28 weeks later. Damn it. Alright, um, because there's a fine line between, like, there's post-apocalyptic ones and there's zombie movies, but there's also zombie movies that aren't necessarily post-apocalyptic because the virus is just breaking out. Yeah. Uh, like, I wouldn't say that uh, Night of the Living Dead is post-apocalyptic because it's happening. Yeah. Like, I was going to say 2012, but I know that's one of those bad movies that a lot of people don't like and I love, so... I probably, like, I remember seeing it. I thought the movie was okay. Yeah. It's long, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, I just know a lot of people didn't like it. I was like, I'm not going to go with that one, but yeah. Uh, I probably got about as much enjoyment out of that as I did like Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. Jeez, man. Uh, Post-apocalyptic. I might need a couple minutes to think of one. So you said 28 weeks later. If you want to use Google, that's okay. Though I kind of like, no, I I like to try to think of these movies right off the top of my head. I'll tell you what my backup one will be. If I can't think of one, my backup one was going to be I Am Legend. Post. All right. Let me, uh, all right. For this one time, I will use Google. I mean, if you want to do 28 days later, we could do that. That'd be a good one. What, 28 days versus 28 weeks? Yeah. Nah, nah. I, I got, these got to be uh, These got to be different. Yeah. See, the other one that was going to come to my mind that I was going to say was War of the Worlds. 
Uh, but that's kind of that's not necessarily post-apocalyptic. That one's alien invasion. Yeah. I would have said, uh, but we already reviewed. Uh, it comes at night. Yeah. Oh, a quiet place. All right. There we go. I'm glad. Okay, good old Google. <laughs> good yeah. old Google saves the day. I, I because I was thinking, all right, he did zombies. I want to try to do aliens. Yeah. And I completely forgot about a quiet place, which I have seen. So yeah. So next. Next episode of Versus, it is 28 weeks later versus the quiet, A Quiet Place. Yeah. That'll be a good one. I think it'll be another close one as well, so. I'm going to have to rewatch both of them. It's been a while Same since Same here, I've... yeah. I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen A Quiet Place. I haven't seen it since it hit theaters and I went and saw it. Like, I'm definitely going to probably watch 28 Days and go right into 28 Weeks. And probably after this, I'm going to go right into watching Happy Death Day to You. Yeah, it's a pretty solid sequel. I'll text you once it's done and be like, all right. <laughs> so I'll give you, I'll, I'll, actually, I will watch it. And then before we start next episode, I'll give a little bit of like what I thought about the sequel. All right. Oh, all right. But I, I'm going to enjoy doing these verses. Um, yeah. You know, trying to be as, you know, you know, unbiased as possible oh. with our picks. Yeah, and I think we did a pretty good job here. Yeah, I mean, I when I was sitting there thinking, I was like, yeah, I mean, like I gotta say, like the camera work and technicals yeah. were a little bit better in this one. All right, but, but enjoyed it about as much. So one down, four to go. One down, and four to go. we thank you guys for listening. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Hey, everybody! Thanks for listening to Body Bag Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe, and leave us a comment as to what you'd like to hear us review or any horror movie topics you'd like to hear us rant and rave about. And while you're at it, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on Instagram at Body Bag Podcast. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.